I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Okay. Hello, everybody. We're here. We're here. Um, we've got two new co-hosts uh, on uh, this week's show. They're going to be largely silent. Well, one of them will be dead silent uh, unless he snores. It's my dog, Loki. And the other one is my uh, nine-month-old daughter, Zaya. And she is. she was very still for quite a long time before we started recording, and now she's very mobile. So Yeah. Um, okay. But it, honestly, if you're not watching on YouTube and you're just listening you are doing yourself a disservice because as um, distracting as our new co-hosts may be, they're very cute. In particular, Zaya is very cute. Uh, yeah, Loki, you're not too shabby either, buddy, but I mean, it's if we're having a competition, I'm sorry you're losing this round um, because it's a uh, you know, special. So, And um, obviously we have new co-hosts because uh, Jer is not with us today. And he's Jer's still... No longer- I mean, <laughs> he's still he's with ge- us. He's with us generally. Yes. Like just, broadly with us, but no longer with us. Actually, you know, what's funny is I listened to an episode that you guys recorded together while I was away <laughs> over the break and you were talking about if I just died and then you just went on doing the show without really acknowledging my death, just sort of saying like, Brian is no longer with us. And then we had recorded on. an episode with a guest and I said, Brian is no longer is not isn't isn't with us and, and and it came the way just like the way that i said it it made it seem like you had died it did yeah and uh and so we were we were riffing on that but uh yeah so jer jer um jer sick we uh it's actually as we record this which is the day before we release it on thursday it's jer's birthday yeah so happy birthday to our big boy jer uh how old is jer 35 Five. jer's 35 yeah he's like i mean well, I was going to say he's getting pretty close to middle aged, but like he's almost full age. I mean, he's more than full age he's, based on he's, what he's age plus his life expectancy. was. He's like a new so. he's like a new TV subscription service. He's Jer plus. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you got to subscribe to this yeah. motherfucker now. <laughs> he's yeah. he's so, he's in so, he's got he's got such great. Uh, he's got such great content yeah. coming out. Well, hopefully, um, hopefully he's feeling better soon because um, it's sad not having him here, especially on his birthday. Um, but one exciting thing is is that he prepared a bunch of content for us. He did to go through today. Um, for people who aren't familiar with our Feel Good Friday episodes, usually Jer will sort of curate the content that we're going through, and we'll like send him articles as they come up, but. Largely, when we go into a Friday recording, um, you and I, Tay, we we don't really know what to expect until we get there. And so Jared did feel good enough to prepare some stuff for us today. So I'm excited to see what he has put on the docket for us today, knowing that he won't have to be here to to bear the brunt of any negative feedback that we get because of it. So like, I feel like he, I wouldn't put it past him to set us up with some some pretty controversial stuff. Uh, yeah. I mean, well, actually, you know what? I went through the content. I don't think it's uh, super controversial. I mean, what uh, there's, I'll tell you of all of the, of the three main things we're going to talk about today. Um, one of them is definitely on the, on the crazy side, but we're saving that for last uh, on like the, un like, like we'll boggle your mind side of things. Okay. Um, and then the other two things, uh, one, I actually have no idea what it's about. Although I do know the premise and um, and I think that's what we'll what we'll dive into first. So we've got you and I are both gaming fans. Huge, yeah, huge gaming fans. Um, we play 
Um, we play Call of Duty regularly together. Uh, Miso, Miso, like, I don't know if I'm phrasing that correctly. Miso. Me, Miso horny. horny. <laughs> <laughs> me less now yeah. than I was because of the human that's in my, in my <clears throat> lap now. I'm finding it uh, more challenging to find time to play um, <laughs> Call of Duty. <clears throat> Thank you, baby. Um, but uh, I just finished playing Call, uh, God of War, which was incredible. Um, do you want the human? Yes. Um, I just finished playing God of War, which was amazing. Um, I know Jer was also playing God of War, and um, uh, um, I'm getting some uh, some headphone issues. Are you getting that? No. No, you're good. Okay, good. Um, and so this is um from the from I I went through it, and this is a something. I'm not exactly sure what it is yet. Um, we're gonna find out along with our listeners here. Something to do with accessibility and uh, and gaming and a controller that's being released. I believe by Sony or PlayStation, which is a, a subsidiary of Sony. So um, let's, uh, let's check this out. PSVR 2 is just the latest example of innovation from PlayStation. We're always challenging ourselves to create new play experiences for our community of gamers around the world. As that community continues to grow with new players, it's our mission to make those experiences accessible to all gamers, regardless of their physical abilities. Today, I'm thrilled to announce our next step in the journey to make gaming more accessible, Project Leonardo. Our code name for a new PS5 accessibility controller kit that will allow players with disabilities to play more easily, more comfortably, and for longer periods. Project Leonardo is highly customizable, thank you, and works out of the box, providing a robust kit of swappable components and a suite of software options on PS5. It's a true canvas ah. that enables many gamers with disabilities to craft their own play experience. It can be used as a standalone controller or paired with a second Project Leonardo controller or a DualSense wireless controller. We'd like to thank wonderful organizations like Able Gamers, Special Effect, StackUp, and several other accessibility experts who are supporting us on this journey. And we can't wait to share more details soon. Cool. Um, well, that's really interesting. Um, I, will, I would love to see exactly how that is, it, it, like, it like, works out in practical terms. Yeah, like how it could be because it looks to me, and let me know if you feel the same way. It looks like something um, that has this sort of like generic shape that could be re like customized and reshaped, and like all the buttons could be reconfigured in different positions and everything to 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 fit the to fit however somebody's like gameplay needs to needs to go. Yeah, I'm curious. I mean, obviously in that little clip of the presentation, it, they didn't get into exactly how it works, but for people who who are just listening and couldn't see that, it's like this uh sort of like circular controller, a little bit um bigger than like a typical controller that you would imagine, probably like even four or five times bigger. And it's almost like there's big sort of pads around the circle with the different labels of different types of buttons. So you know like it looks like it looks like um it looks like a circular boppet. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does actually. Um Hey Zaya, you want to use a circular boppet? Yeah. You're so vocal today, my dear. Um the uh it reminds me though of this um this new uh uh typing. <laughs> You're so cute. You're so cute. Um, there's this, uh, there's this new typing device called the Caracorder. Have you, uh, seen this yet? No. It's like meant to be a sort of evolution of the classic keyboard. So, um, like most people obviously would be familiar with the QWERTY keyboard, the mm -hmm. QWERTY, typical format, obviously. How many people like, do you think it's known and called a QWERTY keyboard? I don't know. <clears throat> like what percentage of people do you think are aware uh, of that? probably less than the almost 100% of people who know what a keyboard typically looks like, which I, when right. I said that, I, like everybody I was like, know. Yeah, everybody, obviously everybody, everybody knows, knows what a typical keyboard looks Isn't like. Isn't that funny? Cause like you'd ever, cause there must be, cause it's just something that you don't even really think about. Like, why isn't it? Why aren't the, why isn't the keyboard laid out as 
A, B, C, D, E, F, you know? Yeah, I think it, I, I, I listened to this like really interesting, I think it was Radiolab, um, unsurprisingly, uh, episode about the design of the keyboard and uh, the QWERTY keyboard. And it had to do with like something about, you know, efficiency of, of typing with letters in that formation. Um, but the Caracorder is this new sort of evolution of the keyboard um, that is a sort of circular shape in the same way that that accessible keyboard is. Um, but instead of having individual keys for every uh, letter or, or symbol, it has uh, different sort of chords that you play to get a combination of letters that would then be mm. put together in like a predicted word, mm. like T nine, like a like a like a T nine. Like hyper advanced T nine setup. T nine was sick, and apparently you can like shout out to anybody out there who knows what the fuck I'm talking about. T nine, T nine, T nine was, and this is when this wasn't illegal because it was if when you phones, don't know what T nine is, you are bussing. <laughs> for real no cap no cap um all facts no print uh but like t9 t9 was great for when it wasn't illegal to text and drive because you could look at the road and be still driving along and just be well, yeah, t9 yeah. and you're i mean like amazing. texting i'm not gonna say that texting and driving was safe to do yeah. but it was like you didn't need to not look at the road right you didn't exactly. like you didn't have to take your eyes off the road to text which which with like that's why that's why texting is so da- is so inherently dangerous when you're driving is because we use smartphones now. You can't text without you can't you have to look at your phone to to, to text. Yeah. Um, whereas you didn't have to do that at all with um with T nine. You could just you could just swipe your finger around the around the uh, around the keypad and you knew exactly what you were typing. Right. Exactly. And um and I remember when uh when I first started typing on an iPhone on on glass and there was no like haptic feedback when you were typing. And it was really like a frustrating experience early on. Like it didn't feel um, normal or or natural, like T nine had had mm, become to mm. me. Um, and uh, and the Caracorder is like a hyper advanced way of typing, where you're playing these like chords, almost like playing a guitar uh, when you're when you're typing these words out. And it can improve your typing speed like like ten x. It's incredibly fast. Um, but the the challenge I mean, like to come back to this playstation accessible controller um like i imagine that that is one of the biggest parts of the design challenge is making something that is quote unquote accessible but accessible is a really broad term because it yeah. means so many different things to so many different yeah. people and so to make a controller that is going to be like I, I i think you're right like it would have to be sort of um, almost customizable to the individual to make it make sense. Yeah, like look at all this. Um, like look at this photo here. Zay is uh, grabbing the microphone. Is there any weird sounds? Um, look at that photo right there. Oh yeah. Like yeah. it looks like you can take all those different components and like swap them out. And so like you can, you know, so you could change. Uh, we're, we're dealing with PlayStation. So if you're not familiar with PlayStation, there's if you're not familiar with game controllers in general, there's usually two joysticks, four like essential buttons, and then a and then like a like a directional pad. So you have like up, down, left, right. And then you have like triggers. Um, and if you like, you can, for most games, you can go in, like if I just prefer a different layout, I can usually go in with most games and swap the way that like what a button does if I'm used to playing in a different like configuration. But that's like, but that's using the same, but the controller layout remains the same. Mm-hmm. I'm just changing what the buttons do. Buttons stay in the same place. Whereas this is sort of like the, the 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 tactile version of that where mm-hmm. you could take the buttons and actually put the buttons in different places and make the buttons oh my god say Jesus Christ. <laughs> You're an animal. it's so funny because <laughs> for the majority of people who are just listening to this podcast it's not it's probably not so obvious how much of a struggle it is to be juggling zaya back and forth while we're doing this um i mean i i don't mind at all i love i love her and i love having her here so if if you don't like listening to this and suck it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a single parent, um, but I am at this moment. Um, uh, so yeah, that's a, that's very cool. I mean, we, we're, we're always, um, we are, like, like we said, we're big fans of game gaming and, um, and we're big fans of accessibility and we're big fans of linking those two things together mm-hmm. because, uh, gaming definitely has, um, I, I guess what would the word be like an ex exclusionary is that a word yeah yeah exclusionary sort of 
history. Yeah. Um, in that sense. And, um, and anything, uh, anything that any, any step in, in that, in the direction of making that, I'd like to, um, to talk to Alex about this mm-hmm. and see what his thoughts are around, uh, around it. You know, it's, it's interesting because I, I think you're right that, um, it has been accessibility has not been a consideration of game designers and console designers for a long time. Um, but it hasn't been as, as important of a conversation, um, in general as it needs to be in, in history anyway. And, Mm -hmm. and so when you look at, uh, gaming as an industry over the past few years, I think that they are sort of starting to become one of the leaders in, um, incorporating accessible design um, as a whole in the industry, and so I mean, the, the like props to them for that. But you know, that comes with the the sort of uh, asterisks that, in general, accessibility has been way lagging in. I mean, all industries. Yeah, yeah, pretty much everywhere. It's kind of one of those things that you're. It's kind of one of those things that every time you hear about it, you're like, oh yeah, and then you realize like the point, like the reason that you're so happy about it is because it sucks so bad. Yeah. Right. You know? yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's very cool. I'm, uh, I'm excited to learn more about that. And, uh, and like I, I did a quick search for like the controller in use, but it, it's so new that I think like this might've been at CES. Okay. Which is happening now. Yeah. I believe. Um, because I, there's another piece in this, uh, in the episode today that I found from, um, uh, like a, like a short CES roundup. Mm-hmm. Um, so I believe that that's happening now. So like this, this might've been like that video that we watched, that might've been from a, from a, um, from like a, uh, a, a keynote that was given. Yeah. Like if, if CS hasn't started yet, which I know it's, it's either now or right around now, then it's, um, then it's, it might, could be a pre CES, um, presentation too, because it is supposed to be happening right around now. Let's see. Uh, January 5th started today. So that is probably from today. Whoa, dude. Yeah, so we're on the leading we edge. Are. If you want the latest breaking news, <laughs> yeah. come to Sick Boy. Sick Boy is where you're going to find us. Think of your favorite one-hit wonder. Or that overpriced toy your parents would never let you have. Or that TV show that no one else remembers because it was canceled way too soon. Now what if we could fix it? I'm Francesca Ramsey. And I'm Delon Grant. And after 20 years of friendship, we are now hosting a new nostalgia podcast called Let Me Fix It. Each episode, we'll dig into our favorite celebrities, shows, and brands of yesteryear, and then imagine what it would take to repackage them for relevance today. Think of our show as an intervention, but with way less stakes. So subscribe to Let Me Fix It wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Um, well, there's something else that obviously came out today, um, because I found this on a, uh, on a CES roundup from today of like weird and wacky things that were happening at CES and make sure that my daughter's not wrapping herself up for, in a cord. For people who don't know what CES is, what is it, Tay? Uh, CES is like a, is like a, like a tech, a tech conference, the biggest tech conference, um, in the world, I think, uh, yeah. happens in Vegas every year. Uh, it's, uh, a computer electronics consumer electronics consumer showcase electronics. i think yeah um but it's uh yeah it's basically uh a showcase of the latest and greatest tech innovations across a number of different industries in uh gaming in um entertainment and video and and so on uh yeah and it's uh and it's like it's like where you'll find like the shit that you will that you'll be that will be blowing your mind because it it's like on the market in like eight months is like is being shown at CES uh, today. I love it for the <clears throat> the VR related news. Yeah, you love VR and AI. Um, so uh, let's move on to the uh, to the other the other piece um, that came out of CES, um, which is uh, more health uh, health related, um, like in terms of like health sciences. This this is really interesting, and I'm wondering. I mean, I I would I would dig it. I think because, because there are some, there are, okay, so this is a weird, this is a weird thing that popped up into my head, like a weird comparison. But when I think about like some of the issues that face, um, police, we were having this conversation the other day that like one of the issues that police have is that they are asked to perform tasks that they just 
aren't really that equipped or shouldn't have the responsibility of like it should be it should be set up under like a totally different like responding to mental health crises that are happening like publicly on like whether it's on spring wherever that probably shouldn't be the police it's just like it's kind of out of their scope but but it ends up in their wheelhouse to to respond to and then you know just negative shit happens because of that yeah and um and i feel sort of the same way in the medical sense of this where there are like some pretty basic medical um medical sort of like um markers that we have as humans that would be really beneficial if we knew more about what they were and what they are for us and uh but but we have to go to we have to book a, an appointment and we have to see a doctor and we have to, and then there has to be lab work and there's like, there's a right. huge, like there's a massive resources that go into like getting some pretty basic information. Right. You're, you're talking about like, if I was like, Hey, I I've been feeling really tired lately. I wonder if I have an iron deficiency. I wish I could just prick my thumb and test my blood and get a full report back because that would be easy. But instead I have to go to my doctor, book an appointment, send go to yeah. get a referral right send off a, a right. lab test so this is the long way of saying that i've founded a company it's called theranos <laughs> and all you need to do is prick your finger and uh and it's just a tiny drop of blood and it can basically diagnose you with cancer that's it's amazing cra- it's crazy that's amazing and where do i invest <laughs> where do you invest oh, i'll send you to my banker and we'll get you set up you can make a large donation because you don't you want to i'm letting you in on the ground floor <laughs> this sounds a bit familiar <laughs> but i'm not sure why i'm not going to go to jail for 15 years um but in all seriousness um let's uh let's um let's roll this uh, but let's actually roll, let's roll this clip this is a, from a <laughs> You can't you can't deny that that's not a good idea though, right? Oh, the idea is amazing. <laughs> the idea is incredible. That's why it was that's why everyone was so wide-eyed yeah. at the opportunity because the medical community forever. And now just so everyone's aware, we're talking <laughs> we've just tra- we transitioned from what we were actually going to talk about, which was something serious at CES into a joke about Theranos, which was a basically a scam company uh, that was that was founded by somebody named Elizabeth Holmes. And the idea of that company was that you could, um, like traditionally you had to go and you had to draw blood and you had to get like a vial or multiple vials to, you know, to get analysis for like an iron deficiency or, uh, or maybe if there's, um, you know, like T cell counts or whatever for cancer, uh, diagnoses and things like that, or potential cancer diagnoses for a bunch of stuff. And then Elizabeth Holmes came along and basically said, I have a method, I have a machine that I've developed where you can take like you can prick your finger and get a dro- a single drop of blood um and that will tell you everything that you need to know about your blood tests that that before this you had to go and get your blood drawn and go through this whole process which which makes sense that you would be able to do that right like i mean i mean it does well, the sorry. medical community yeah. was like you can't do that and there's very good reason for why you need more blood so the medical community was extremely, extremely skeptical from the beginning. Yeah. And then, and she was like, nope, I did it. And we've got this. And then there was this years of people wanting to see the technology and like really dig into it. And she was always putting up walls and investors and, and board members wanted to know more. And there was always a way around not telling anybody how it really worked and but it was believable like to the lay person it was believable i mean like if you told me like hey you should be able to prick your prick your finger get sure. blood and and be able to tell all of these things about your body i'd be like yeah is that not a thing yeah cuz i would go well what's the difference between um what's the difference between 10 mils of blood and um and and you know a, a tenth of a mil of blood yeah. Like to me, it's just, it's all, all the same information is in this, is in this, is in any amount. Um, yeah. But, but, a me- but, a, but a person who went to school for that is going, nah. This is why we're not doctors. This is why we're not doctors. And we have a podcast. And, uh, and I mean, long story short, you can look into Theramo. There's a, there's a, an incredible, um, there's an incredible, uh, podcast. I believe it's from the New York Times or maybe the Washington Post. It's called The Dropout. Um, and, um, and I believe there's an HBO series about it now as well. Um, anyway, Elizabeth Holmes, uh, not what we were alert, talking about. Spoiler alert. She is going to jail for a long time for defrauding investors at a billions of dollars. Um, but what we are going to talk about is, uh, um, that was a tangent. 
Uh, yeah, that that was what what that was a that's what we call a tangent. Um, mm-hmm. We are going to talk about something called UScan, which is a device that uh, debuted at, um, uh, CES. at CES. Back to what we were talking about, and it is a device that you put in your toilet, and you you pee on it in your own <laughs> toilet, and you get back a bunch of uh, a bunch of information about. Um, about what's going on in your like urine, like so you no. get like, you get urine analysis <laughs> from uh, from peeing on this thing. Um, uh, let's see. I'm just like I'm just cruising. We have a uh, we have a video here that we're going to show you, but I'm just going to read a couple things from their website here. Um, welcome to a new era for urinalysis. You know what's great? What like my my first reaction is that it's actually the perfect because like if you're standing up and peeing as 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 a person with a penis and you're like looking at it, imagine. The perfect placement for a screen would either be on the wall behind your toilet or on like the toilet seat as it lifts up. Well, I think it probably <laughs> just sends the information to your phone. I'm just no, no, guessing. No, but imagine you're peeing and you're looking at your stats. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wouldn't that live, be great? Live they should have them at uh, urinals in like bars. That'd be killer. Blood alcohol level. Yeah. No. Can well, you get that from pee? I have I mean, no idea. But would you want? Would you want to be promoting like what people's blood alcohol is? Yeah, at a right. Bar? Then you'd you'd be yeah you'd you'd <laughs> unintentionally encourage competition for high blood alcohol level, or be letting people think that they can drive because they're like the toilet told me I wasn't that drunk. Right, it have to be very accurate. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> yeah, if it was only slightly inaccurate, <laughs> then you might get a lot of uh, DUIs getting uh, handed out. Oh, thanks, Zaya. <laughs> Without more than 3,000 metabolites, urine is an extraordinary witness to our health. It gives an immediate snapshot of the body's balance and can help detect and monitor a large variety of health information. While urinalysis is typically performed only once a year, UScan opens the door to regular access to these metrics from the comfort and privacy of one's own bathroom. Wow, that is very, very cool. Dude, and they've got a beautiful website. Um, I want to know, I'm, I'm trying to see on what they are... Um, what they are scanning for. Do you do you think, okay, you just said they have a beautiful website. Do you think somebody was looking at Theranos' website saying the exact same thing? Um, in 2010 or earlier? Probably not. Um, can I use NutriBrowns? When, when will it be available? How accurate is it? Um, is my toilet compatible? Dude, these are so funny. Um, can I use it? These are the, these are the facts on the website. Yeah. Oh, okay. Here we go. Um, you scan cycle sync is the first and only automatic hormonal based cycle. Oh, this is for, oh, right. This is, um, there's a, uh, one of the, um, one of the things and I read this earlier today is on, um, like cycle tracking for your period. Oh, that is a, so you can just pee on it and it'll be like, here's where you are in your cycle. Could it tell you if you're pregnant too? Uh well I, I would imagine that's what a pregnancy test is. Does it you pee on it? Does it share your data? Ooh, good question. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm sure that would be like a, an opt-in, um, sort of like choose your level of uh, privacy. Yeah, that was situation. one of the things that people were concerned um uh with uh like watches and period tracking when when Roe v. Wade was struck down because like companies who you know you don't know companies political affiliations. And they have access to a lot of data. And so, mm-hmm. you know, there's risks that that even if I mean, even if it's not nefarious necessarily, the fact that your data is there and exists um, for uh, people who, you know, might be in the situation where they're um, considering having an abortion, um, that could be uh, uh, risky to have your data yes. like that. So, yeah. Um, roll the video here, and uh, let's see. Let's see what kind of uh, kind of information they're 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 dishing out. Wait, I said that already. I knew that. So we're watching a promotional video right now. It's a this is a sick song. Dude, did they hire three six five for this or what? Uh-huh. So we're seeing a bunch of metrics on the screen. It looks like an iPhone app. It, it, I mean. <laughs> it's recommending articles based on. Yeah, I'm getting, your, a, weird, I'm getting <laughs> a really good 
sense of how good these headphones are too because that <laughs> i was that was jamming <laughs> holy moly so so what we just watched is a commercial for you scan and which is from uh, a company called withings which uh sounds like it could be made up so and we're not like it, it was at ces but we're not sure if this is real no, or not yet well, they were at ces <laughs> um like I, I, I'm looking. I'm, I want to know more about exactly what it's measuring. Like, I know the scan thing. I'll read the. Uh, I'll read the cycle part because um, that's pretty fucking interesting. Uh, so this is uh, in the FAQ section. Is it says what is U scan cycle sync cartridge intended for? Okay, U scan cycle sync is the first and the only automatic hormonal based cycle tracking solution providing effortless, accurate, and hygienic urine testing. Personalized insights will help a woman build a cycle adapted build a cycle adapted health routine without the mental load that accompanies most menstrual tracking. Uscan cycle sync enables the detection of the following biomarkers, your LH, uh, luteinizing hormone, which like when Kyle and I were trying to get pregnant was like, it's, uh, that's very, um, very important, um, for precise menstrual cycle prediction and ovulation window determination. Like if you're, if you're having, if you're having, um, fertility issues, um, and you like, you, you don't have the most, some, some people have just dialed in cycles where it's like, you will menstruate on this day to this day of your cycle, like without fail every single month. Mm-hmm. And then with Kyle and I, um, well, Kyla specifically, uh, but I was involved, not predictable in any way, shape or form. Like it was totally crazy. Like so what you, type of, ver- like for Kyla, because I'm sure that you can only speak to this experience but like w- like how much of a variance if like if like somebody who's super predictable is like on the 20th of every month at 12 p.m they're gonna start their period um like how much variance is there for kyla like how many days off might that be or is it just totally chaotic? well she would take she would take ovulation tests and and essentially it would the ovulation test would be would basically tell her um Hey, you are like entering into the, you're like about to enter into the, the, the like pre ovulation, um, phase. And that should be like two days or something like that. It should be like that. And then, and then, um, and then it should be, it's a very, it's supposed to be a very, it's supposed to be a very predictable, like two days in the pre phase and then like, a f- and then two days of ovulation and then like maybe one day on the other side of it. And this is like when you're supposed to be having sex, if you're trying to conceive. Right. Kyle would be like, <clears throat> Kyle, <laughs> Kyle would be like, would be like that pre phase sometimes was like eight days. Like it was like, and so you're talking about days, like days and days of, uh, of being off. So anyway, it, it tracks, um, LH luteinizing hormone, um, specific gravity for water balance. I have no idea what that means. <laughs> pH for protein vegetable balance. Okay, interesting. Um, um, it Maddie like would it, love that. It um, it also it also scans for vitamin C levels, ketones for energy metabolism. That's interesting. Um, yeah, just like I mean, I definitely want to see. I want to see more of what it's telling you, um, because that seems to be we we will provide. Key hydration and nutrition biomarker analysis. Do you think recommended action actions based on cycle phases and data correlation for an optimized menstrual cycle? So it seems like it seems like this is being aimed at uh, tracking your cycle really eff- effectively. That seems, seems to be like the main thing, but I'm sure it does a ton more. It's by by the way, by the way we're going in depth on this. It seems like this podcast might be sponsored by witherings but it's absolutely not we're just interested because we like peeing on stuff (laughs) i i am curious though do you think okay so i like i i'm very much immediately like curious about this for myself um Mm -hmm. because i just like it's interesting to know data and stuff like this especially when like you know if you're a generally healthy person it's nice to know when you know you might not you might be doing things to sort of like detract from your health or like being in your optimal performance zones, even as like a person who's not actively training as an athlete, but I'm like, so into optimal performance. I mean, you and I both had whoop straps when they first came out, and then I now do that shit now. In my Garmin, you're watch using that. you're using a Garmin. Um, I like I, I'm obviously very obsessed with like artificial intelligence and and using uh, AI to like optimize my productivity. 
but I'm also now curious about how I can input the data from like my, like I've been using now again, my, my Apple watch and mm-hmm. tracking my sleep again. And, uh, I'm curious about collecting these data points to create a more optimal routine for me to be like living my best life without having to, um, like to pair with your new year, new you. Exactly. But without having to also... January 5th, um, how's that going, by the way? It's going pretty well so far. Okay, good. Yeah, you know, um, I'll, I'll get into that in a second, but I'll just finish this thought. Is, is that, like, I like the uh, the idea of optimizing um, my productivity with artificial intelligence, but also optimizing the way that I feel by using the data from things like this to sort of, I don't know, connect those two areas together, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, like there's so many things that um, there's so many things that you can get from urine analysis. Like there's some things that I, I, I and I can't off the top of my head. I honestly don't know what they are, but but I, I can recall multiple times in the past. Hey, Zaya. I rec- Hello. <laughs> yes. Very funny. Uh, peeing is funny. You've peed several times since we've been here. Um, I know that there there are several t- several moments in my life where I was like, "Oh, I guess I'll have to get blood work done for that." And it was like, "No, you can just t- you can just pee in a cup." Yeah. And I was like, "Oh, wow, that's crazy." I mean, again, I don't know what. Obviously, there's a big difference. And somebody who does lab work, maybe somebody who does urine analysis, who's listening to the show, can enlighten us on this. I'm sure there's a big difference in between what a lab can an- analyze. And what something like a product like this can. Yeah. I mean, obviously when something, when something used to, or has to go into a lab, there's obviously a reason for that. So when you, when you have this like at home product, it's going to be limited, but I imagine just the way that technology, usually the course that technology, technology usually takes, that's going to get better and better. And it's going to, it's going to do more and more, um, as it evolves as a technology. And, uh, I mean, like it's kind of the it's kind of like something out of the uh like utopian future. Yeah. Where like where you get like a, a physical and like a scan and the blood work done every morning when you wake up sort of deal. Like you always like you know exactly what's going on with your health on a day-to-day basis. As, as someone who's not really afraid of like the government knowing all these things about me, um I think it's cool. Like yeah, that's I mean, I got a mortgage. Me. I have a I have a I have a driver's license. <laughs> I have registration. I have businesses. The government knows but, everything but like, it needs to know about me. I'm surprised. Like, I'm, I'm getting vibes that like you're you're like mildly interested in this too, from a health perspective. Mm-hmm. And and uh, I'm surprised that you even care about it at all because I know that personally you've been doing urine analysis um, yourself for so, many years. Mm-hmm. Like, just um, more so. Like, you have you're you're like one of those like cancer smelling dogs, mm-hmm. but with pee. Like, mm-hmm. you can just sort of. You, like it's a taste thing sometimes for you. Sometimes it's a smell. Sometimes like, it's, a, it's a taste. If you just have like a little taste, then mm-hmm. then typically you can tell a lot. Yeah. About yourself and like I've even used mm-hmm. you sometimes when I haven't been feeling so good to just ask you to give it a little taste and just see what you're uh-huh. thinking. And like you've been spot on every time. In fact, I went, even went for a follow up opinion once with the doctor um, after you told me that it was tasting yeah, like a the same results surprisingly too. a little bitter. But mm-hmm. um, he sent me for blood work and and it came back. <laughs> that uh that i was low on iron and that's exactly that's, what you had said mm-hmm. too yeah and sometimes it depends on uh, what you're concerned about but if you're concerned if it's something serious it usually takes a little like it's it's like a mouthful or more yeah <clears throat> if it's something small like the like the iron thing it's usually just like a it's it's like a yeah. you know what i mean usually like if you go into my bathroom you can usually just take your fingers and rub the seat yeah. and then and then get enough off Depending of that. Depending on how to, old it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. If it's something like super simple, like vitamin C, I mean, everybody knows what good, what, you know, healthy vitamin C levels smell like. It's just a smell. <clears throat> then if you're getting into something like iron, a little bit, it's a little bit more complicated, a little, yeah. little taste. Um, and then if it's something like if you're looking at, um, if you want to know if you have chlamydia. Yeah. I mean, you need it's a gotta, gulp. It's, it's a gotta, gulp. It's got to be a gulp. For sure. Gulp. Um, yeah. And so this it, is going to um, this is gonna take away that completely. So thank you, Uscan. Appreciate it. <laughs> and I, I, I don't want to beat a dead horse on this, but it's sometimes funny when you beat go it. into public washrooms mm-hmm. and you're like, and you can smell the whole sort mm-hmm. of cacophony of, of different <laughs> So many things. Dude, every time I walk yeah. into a public bathroom, I just go, I smell deficiencies. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's what I say. In the public bathroom. Yeah. You, you call yourself the deficiency detector when yeah. you're doing that. I went to a world junior game the other day and yeah. I was in the bathroom and there was like 800 men yeah. in the bathroom. And I just went, 
And it was I went, like, I went, hey, everybody, <laughs> you smell deficient. <laughs> and they all, uh, and then I got beat up. <clears throat> um, you know what's, you know what's interesting, though? <laughs> yeah, um, what's interesting? What's interesting? Let's keep it going. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> is that, uh, I like, speaking of bathrooms and toilets and stuff, did you see the video recently of scientists flushing a toilet and watching the spray of stuff go off into the atmosphere? Uh, I think I did, yeah. It's, it's a, a lot. It's, uh, you know, we give Jared a hard time about airport bathrooms and not bringing your coffee in. When I watched that video, I'm glad he's not here right now because I don't even, I don't even want to give this to he'd him. He'd never use the bathroom again. He'd go out and use the bathroom outside. But dude, it was nasty. I'm like sure. It's, it's like a cloud of stuff going you know somebody um somebody recently said to me too you know like when i mean this seems obvious but like it it feels more gross when somebody says it to you when you smell like somebody's fart it's because there are particles of the fart going in your nose yeah you know right Mm -hmm. but like it's like when my dog takes a poop outside and it's really stinky outside yeah there are dog poop particles in my nose mm-hmm. yeah and here and and here you stand not probably af- not affected by it probably healthier because of it was my immune system it's arguable well you landed right on on his back and you didn't even make a sound um all right well let's uh move on to our final segment of the day a uh, br- really productive conversation um if anybody needs their uh if anybody is having trouble trouble getting an appointment and needs a urine analysis uh, let me know. My number is five 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 five. All right, we'll go to our last thing of the day here. Um, this is um, the uh, section called um, <coughs> "What the Hell." <laughs> that's that's good. Was that, yeah, I wasn't expecting that. That was yeah. great. I was trying to like make it my own. You did. You, you know? did that. Yeah. I didn't want to just impersonate Jer. I wanted to. I wanted to embody it. It was. It had the same goofiness yeah. as Jer's, but like. It was certainly unique and its own. Good. Okay. Wonderful. That's what I was going for. Um, okay. So this is, wait, where did I put this uh, page? Oh, I went over to it. Okay. So, um, oh dude, this is crazy. <clears throat> this stuff, I don't actually fully get it because I don't know. I, I don't know what the result of this is going to be. And I'm pretty sure it doesn't say it in the, in the, um, in the post. Um, so this is something from a, uh, a, a, a page that we follow on Instagram called medical talks and they post um, sometimes really super interesting stuff, which this definitely falls into the category of, and sometimes like really gnarly stuff where um, you really have to test. You're really testing your eyeballs. Yeah. If you're on our discord and you like the channel graphic content, then this would be certainly up your alley. Yeah. Um, So this is um, 3d print. Yeah. Look, he ate some dirt. Now he's throwing up. 3D printed nose implanted in patient's forearm successfully replaces one lost to cancer. I have a question right away. Okay, well let's put up the uh, let's put up the uh, the photo there. Take a look at this. You're watching it yeah. on YouTube. Yeah. So this so this is actually two forearms. One is the before, and then one is the after, right? Uh, yes. I'm okay. assuming yes. So I mean, that's a pretty. Decent looking nose that they grew on this forearm. I mean, considering it's 3D printed and then they put it onto a human, yes. But my question immediately is why don't they 3D print it and then put it on your on, nose? On their nose. Um, well, um, I would say that um, this is similar to um, um, the uh, phalloplasty situation anic with anic where um there is a uh, um there is like a growth process that has to occur Uh, this is total speculation um it probably says it just just centimeters down from what i what i read (laughs) um before Um, but we'll find out that in a minute i'm assuming there's some type of like growth process that has to occur once it's actually like on you um and um like once it's actually attached to you um, where it makes more sense for whatever reason to have that growth process happen on your forearm or at some other place of your body. It seems like the forearm is a popular place because that's where Anik had his phalloplasty as well. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's uh, let's let's see what this let's see what this says here. So the first patient, oh, Loki, you're tearing my thing out. 
Um, the first patient in the world to have received a nasal graft produced by a 3D printer. The 50-year-old patient lost the majority of her nose uh, due to intense chemotherapy done about a decade ago Whoa. in order to treat navel, nasal cavity cancer. Ever since the patient complained about reduced self-esteem, oh, sorry, ever since the patient complained of reduced self-esteem, the patient had a failed nasal reconstruction. In 2020, a CNRS, uh, National Center for Scientific Research, researcher teamed up with a young doctoral student and they would go on a two-year-long journey overcoming the numerous challenges coming with this ambitious project. At the end, they successfully managed to connect a graft made of synthetic biomaterial to the patient's forearms, radial artery, and and to two veins. The nose, as it looks in the right side of the picture, fully formed in two months. Okay. Oh, okay. So I'm getting, I'm, it's coming together here. They, they, um, so on the left side, that's actually that they've already implanted it. Yeah. They, there was just some, some biomaterial that they created that they 3d printed the biomaterial. And then on the, on the picture on the left, they've implanted that. And then they put the, the shape of the nose over top of it so that it would grow into that shape. Right. Okay. So it's like a, it's like a template sort of. Yes. Right. Um, so at the end, they successfully managed to connect a graph, blah, 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 blah. The nose, as it looks on the right side of the picture, fully formed in two months. And in September and on September 17th, 2022, during a six hour operation, the nose was transplanted to the nasal area. Okay. So what we're seeing on the right side is, uh, the nose, um, after two months, and then they took that nose off the forearm and they implanted it where a nose uh, would typically be. Right. So uh, during a six-hour operation, the nose was transplanted to the nasal area. The patient, amazed with the results, immediately reported an increase in her confidence and after a decade of social isolation, made a dinner reservation with her husband. Oh, Aww. that's so cute. I mean, wow. like, it's it's so impressive that they can do that. It's crazy. Yeah, and like, and I'm assuming. I mean, because that's. Um, I mean, although they put it in the shape of a nose, it's you know, it's it's it's. Um, I mean, they're not showing us what this person's um, situation was pre-implantation, but I mean, you know, it. It's incredible. It's not. It doesn't look like a a nose, like an untampered with nose. So I wonder if, I wonder if they take it, they implant it, and then they like do a, a rhinoplasty yeah like shape it or like yeah. uh yeah i imagine and i and, and and how do they and how i wonder what they do with the bone like how does the bone work because you have a bridge right and that has a big um the bridge of your nose um because i'm i'm figuring this this out with zaya so you know if you look at zaya's eyes like pick her up and, and look look at her eyes do you see how she has the folds that yeah. go on the inside of her eyes what's that called Epicanthal folds. Nice. You see that? Yeah. So um, this is um, this is what gives um, this is what gives the sh- the shape of the shape of the eyes and like this how the skin forms around the eyes has a lot to do with the bridge of the nose and how the bridge of the nose develops. So like um, so in terms like so f- for us the bridge of our nose as we age the bridge comes out. And then that those skin folds get pulled pulled to the side of our nose, right? And so those folds go away. Whereas in like, um, whereas in Asia, the the bridge of the nose is less it's less out, and that's why and that gives like shape to the eyes, and that's why you have like you get like different shapes of eyes in different cultures and races and stuff because of the way just like bones and stuff um, form, um, which is something that I learned when I was looking into when I was looking into uh, Zaya's eyes because we thought that she had an, an eye. Not a, not a skin thing, but an eye issue, and it turned out. I talked about this on the podcast before that it turned out that because of the fold, it was giving an illusion that she had her eye turning in, um, and um, and so the bridge of the nose is really is is quite important in terms of like how your face, uh, like how the features of your face develop. So I'm, I'm wondering what um, what that's like. Yeah, um, it's crazy to me though that they can just put some cells. Into like, if you look at this, look at how close the skin matches the Robert. rest of the skin. <laughs> say that again. What did you say? It's so crazy how the skin matches the rest of the skin. 
Right. Yeah. Right. Like right. It's, it's like, like seamless. Yeah. Yeah. It's it really, is, uh, it is absolutely fascinating that they can do this and like, imagine how much better this is going to get over the years. Like this is the, this is the first time that this has ever been done. So imagine what that's going to be like in, I mean, just five years. It's going to be. That's like my favorite YouTuber. Oh, I know. Two page papers. Two minute papers. Two minute yeah. papers. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Carlo Jone Ibrahim. I don't know how to say his name properly, but Do it's the accent more. No, I can't. I just try to say his name like him. Hello, fellow scholars. <laughs> 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 this is two minute papers. <laughs> Dude, you sounded so. You sounded so. You sounded almost like um, Pepe Le Pew there. No, you're doing a. You're doing such a. You're. You're. Uh, you just offended the entire. The entire country of France. Uh, he's not French. French though. I think he's uh, Hungarian. Okay. Well, yeah. French name. Hello, Sorry. fellow scholars. Um. Well, that is. Uh. I guess that's where we'll where we'll leave it today. Oh man, this was. Uh. This was great. It was nice doing this with you. I really, I uh, honestly, I, I couldn't stop thinking about how I have this little weird little thing that um, is going on inside my body, but I can't quite tell what it is. So I might need you to smell my pee later. Just say the word, buddy. Okay. Just say the word. All right. Well, let's wrap it so we can get to it. Is that the safe word? Wrap <laughs> it. Um, okay. Uh, thank you, everybody, for uh, for tuning in. Um, we really, we really appreciate. And um, uh, this is our first Feel Good Friday of of the year. Right? Yes. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Happy 2023. Yeah. Happy 2023. New year, new me. Oh, my God. Uh, I'm going to continue to be mostly the same me. I'm going to make some minor <clears throat> changes. Um, really just like furthering goals and ambitions that I've had already. Um, um, be a good dad. That was one for me. We're trying real hard um, right now. Being a good dad, um, I think I, there was something to do with. Um, I'd like to. Uh, uh, I'd like to have a urine analysis. That sounds like a pretty good plan. Yeah, <laughs> yep. yeah, um, yeah, and just generally, uh, generally build my VO two max. I think. So, if you want uh, your urine analyzed, um, why don't you send us a letter at letters at sickboypodcast.com and uh, maybe you can hop in the Discord and check out our graphic content if you're into that. There's more um, photos uh, sent by our community for our community that, that's a little bit similar to Medical Talks. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if there's been much good good interesting stuff in there lately, but uh, you should go check it check it out. The link, to, stuff in there. the link to Discord is in the show notes. And thanks as always to uh, Rich O'Coin for the theme music and to Jeff Lonis, our manager, and to Zaya, our new co-host. Yeah, she doesn't do that much except for make cute noises. Um, but uh, also remember to rate, review, and subscribe yeah. to the podcast and head on over to uh, Instagram, give us a follow, and uh, and you know, slip into our DMs if you, have any, if you have any questions about absolutely anything. That is it for this week. I'm Brian. I'm Taylor. And this is Sick Boy. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.